I'm Scott. I'm Russell. And I'm Leo. This is Spitball. Spitball, the pitching kitchen, where three mouth breathers, that's us, empty our heads of startup and tech product ideas that we have stuck up in there so you can all have them for free. Anything we say is yours to keep, and this week we are delighted to have a good friend of all three of ours, Mr. Carl. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for the invite, and I'm glad to be here. Long-time listener. (laughs) Sometime in the future, I'll probably be within like the first 1% of people that uh, joined your show as a follower. Heck yeah, you're in early days, man. Uh, This week, we're going to be kicking off the show by playing a little game that we're going to call Best of AliExpress. So we're going to take some turns here where we have two uh, actual products from either AliExpress or Wish.com. For those of you who don't know, Alibaba, the giant conglomerate from China, is known for medium to low quality stuff that you can get in six to eight weeks if you're patient, but you can get for dirt cheap here in the States. I'm a Timo. I'm a Timu man Timu now, man. actually. I, I didn't even check Timu <laughs> for these products, but we're going to give you two actual products and one that we just made up here. Um, let's start with our guest, Carl. I'm going to read three things for you here. You tell me which one you think is fake. Item number one, a USB-powered whisk. This plugs directly into your computer's USB-A port and spins a whisk quickly. How quick? I'm not <laughs> quite sure. Item number two, a Lego coffee mug. This ABS plastic mug is covered with pegs and holes all along the outside that you can put compatible Lego bricks all over. Or item number three, a fried chicken leg pillow. It's what it says on the tin, a giant stuffed chicken wing, but it's a pillow. We got whisk, Lego mug, or fried chicken. Which one's the factual product? My my opinion here is that the Danish people Mm. own Lego. And they're not normally very stupid. <laughs> so my my pick is that the Lego is fake. What if it's a Mega Block mug? Would that change your opinion? <laughs> yeah. Uh, China's not very famously litigious. Unfortunately, it was the USB-powered whisk, which I made up. Really? I'm glad you all enjoyed that, though. Feel free to take that idea, anyone and everyone. <laughs> that was what I'm like, that's probably online somewhere. I could see that. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Scott, you're up. Number one, a fanny pack with a print of a photograph of a beer belly gut, so you can wear it on the front. That's real. Uh, number two, the pimple popper toy, a silicone nose with holes in it, and when you squeeze it, goo comes out. Probably Or number real. three, the ego-boosting mirror. This is a small LED makeup mirror that has a proximity <laughs> sensor and a speaker, and it speaks affirmations such as, <laughs> you look great when you approach. Oh, man. We've got fanny pack with beer gut, Pimple popper toy or ego boost ego boosting mirror? I think I gotta go with the ego ego boosting mirror. Oh, how it's hard. That is indeed the one that I made up. Well done. It's one zero. Russell. Imitation grass flip-flops. They're normal white flip-flops, but along the top part that your foot comes into contact with is just artificial turf for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> An item titled Food Safe Shower Sponge, a hot pink sponge pictured being held by a smiling woman standing in a shower, wearing a towel, washing a dish, or the Suture Training Kit, a wobbly silicone slab about the size of a deck of cards with various slices and gashes in it so you can practice stitching them closed. Uh, What was number two? Flip-flops, Food sh- Safe Shower Sponge, or Suture Training Kit? Food Safe. 
Absolutely right. Oh, I made up the description. I tried to be specific <laughs> in details, hoping you wouldn't notice. But yeah, it sounds right. That's the kind of thing that I it's what I picture in my head for AliExpress, right? Yeah. Carl, number one, a disposable phone charger, <laughs> a power bank about the size of a D battery with a permanent six inch old style iPhone lightning charger coming out of one end and nothing else. <laughs> There's no way to recharge it. It's one time use only. I assume it has an alkaline battery inside. Number two, long bendable hose funnel on one end, a large opening, and on the other, a funnel for peeing into a bottle on long road trips. <laughs> and number three, a nail printer, a $500 white cube, roughly the size of a basketball with a touchscreen on the top. Apply a fake nail, place your finger in the hole in the box, select a design to be inkjet printed onto the nail. Whoa. We've got disposable phone charger, peeing on trips hose, nail printer. I want two of those. <laughs> not gonna say which though don't tell us which <laughs> nail printer the nail printer is real whoa i imagine it doesn't work very well which one is it real <laughs> i still want to try it the disposable phone charger is something i made up i imagine there's not enough juice in a d battery to get you too far scott a novelty amazon cardboard box the size of a dice very very <laughs> small little box that has amazon written on the side that's made of resin i imagine or something like that fascinating the taste changing cutlery set this is a bulky fork and spoon that i found that each have a mesh compartment on the mouth end to house a miracle berry fruit tablet which tastes changes the taste of sour foods to be sweet i don't know Whoa. if you tried those before or a cloth fish wallet it's a one foot long carp made of cloth that unzips along the bottom and it has a print of fish guts on the inside. I don't want it to be the third one, but I think the third one's fake. And if it is, we should make it ourselves. Sorry to say, I made up the taste-changing cutlery set. Wow. There is a fish wallet that you could purchase for the low price of a couple bucks if you wanted it. <laughs> Minimum order quantity, 10000 <laughs> Dude. That was on Wish.com. Miracle Fruit's an untapped, like, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be some product in there, right? They, they got to. They got to make that. <laughs> Russell. A metal Zippo-shaped device with two lasers that says you put it in your mouth to, quote, cure ulcers and throat. (laughs) Two (laughs) glowing red LED truck nuts that go under the back of your bike seat. Or three, aromatherapy earplugs. This is a set of 12 foam earplugs that come in lavender, lemongrass, or rosemary. Oh, my gosh. We've got the Zippo mouth ulcer thing. Truck nuts for your bike. Or aromatherapy earplugs. I'm sorry, earplugs that smell good? Yeah, they come in 12 each. Uh, Your choice of lavender, lemongrass, or rosemary. Essential oils, man. It's all the rage. That's got to be real. I just (laughs) never thought to shove them in my ears. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the truck nuts market must have like exploded and people were like, all right, how do we expand our market? So that's got to be real. So I'm going to go with number one, the light in the mouth. I'm delighted to inform you that aromatherapy earplugs do not exist, but the metal Zippo thing does. (laughs) (laughs) I have to show you this photo. It is incredible. We'll put it in the show notes. Good Lord Almighty, it is wonderful. It doesn't exist anymore. I had to find it on the the internet archive. What, the market for that isn't there? Guys, aromatherapy earplugs, though, are... (laughs) Freaking genius. You like that? Yeah. Thank you. The essential oil like world, like, oh, just dip earplugs into essential right. oils and you got a, a lavender, you know, heals your headaches. 
instantly. Oh. Look at that. <laughs> oh my god. Whoa. It's like so we're looking at a $38 device that looks like a woman shoving a lightsaber down her throat. Why is her mouth so wide? Why is her mouth the so USB open? USB type low level laser therapy apparatus for the orla ulcer and throat. Home treatment. Dude, it looks like oh, a lightsaber. It's <laughs> good shit. Guaranteed to remove ulcers and give you cancer. <laughs> <laughs> that too could be yours if you have access to a time machine. All right, who's up first this week? Well, we got to do drop shipping. Like everybody's got to do a drop shipping business right there. <laughs> All right, Russell, as the winner, I think. Were you who won? I didn't even count. Russell wins. Russell wins. Sure. You go ahead and go first. What do you got for us this week? All right, guys. So I don't know. I just watch a lot of videos lately on TikTok or it shows up in my newsfeed, right, of packages getting stolen on Amazon. Uh, Amazon packages, common problem. A lot of famous YouTubers, Mark Rober, creates different ways to combat these thieves. All right. I'm also personally uh, having issues where Amazon packages get soaking wet because they don't have like a, a roof over the front. So packages get dropped off and they get wet. My idea is a bag, a small bag that allows package Amazon delivery drivers to drop a bag, a box into this bag and they close it up and it's like a one-way lock, right? Throw it in the bag, you close it, Amazon's happy because they don't have to deal with less. They can deal with less theft. It, the Amazon driver can show that it was sealed. It keeps it a little waterproof, reduces theft, and then you just, you know, unlock it, right? With a simple combination code. I tried look, looking for this, but everything out there is like a giant box, like for packages. I'm like, no, I don't want a box in front of my house when packages arrive to not get stolen. So here's a bag. You just throw it in the bag and leave. That's it. Simple. That's so simple. Because you're right. I've I've looked myself for like, you know, those giant chests or whatever that the Amazon delivery driver can put them in. And they're just, they're huge. They're ugly. My wife would kill me if we had one of those on our front porch anywhere. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Is the bag attached to your house somehow? Yeah, like a bike lock, I think. Like you just straight oh, sure. up bike lock it. Um, I think Amazon should pay for every Amazon. Like you put Amazon Prime logo on it. Boom, comes with your membership. Every year you get a new bag. You know, it doesn't last very long, but it reduces theft. You expect your Prime users to have a ton, a big subscription. Hell, Walmart.com is going after Amazon. Walmart, you give out those bags, you know, they become the household staple, right? Or something. We're different. We're all about security, you know, something like that. I I love this too, because your exit strategy, one, you could just sell these as is on Amazon or wherever. But two, your exit strategy could be, hey, I got the manufacturing and everything set up. I'm just going to sell this whole thing to Amazon. Maybe they'll buy 10,000. Yeah, I got to file a provisional patent before this one goes live because... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I want somebody to take this, right? I want somebody to to build this because I feel like it's a no-brainer $25 bag that I buy on Amazon and it just... Get them on AliExpress. <laughs> It'll be $4 each. It'll be great. Yeah, it's just peace of mind, you know? You don't even... You may never have had a package stolen. Would you Would you call it the package sack? <laughs> The package sack. The package sack. Yeah. Pack sack. Dude, that's a great name. The sack, the box sack. Instead of 
<laughs> the box sack. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing round goes in here. Oh, man, we need some women on this show. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you need anything that crazy, though. Like, even if it was just a burlap bag, like, that's still going to be enough to deter people from trying to open a freaking burlap bag on someone else's porch. You see all these videos of someone just, like, walking up, grabbing a package, and walking away. I think if you added five to ten seconds of inconvenience to them, that would be enough to deter most thefts here. Especially the people with the ring doorbells that are, like, yep. even with those doorbells, they're just shamelessly stealing them and walking away. You get, like, five, ten seconds, hypothetically. Like, if they have a knife and they came ready to go, right? You'd still capture that. I think a little bit more, it's a it's a pain in the ass to steal, like, in general. So why, if it's a little bit harder, not that I have any experience stealing, okay? It <laughs> just seems like... Sure, Russell. <laughs> nothing, and, like, nothing like that exists outside of those boxes, right? You got this, it's like an ugly-ass box that you can't steal. I'm picturing kind of like what those big zipper cooler bag type things, but can you elaborate on how you, you imagine this being a one-way thing? Yeah. How does it, like, lock so that they can't reopen it or, or someone can't walk away with your whole bag? Okay, I've thought a little bit about this, but you have one one end that's locks and the other end that's a one-way, I don't know, zip tie, we'll say, like a zip tie, okay? One end's a zip tie, one end's a lock, and so it's always locked. The delivery driver comes in, pulls it, the zip tie is one way, and the only way to open it is through, you cut it. Then you replace the zip tie with like some, some engineer will come up with a reusable zip tie. That's a true MVP right there. <laughs> We're just going to put a zip tie on this burlap sack. <laughs> 50 zip ties, call it a day, you know? When I was Googling this a while ago, have you ever seen those gates? I, I don't know, this is the craziest thing. There are some gates out there with three different locks. And any one of those three locks will unlock the gate, but it's structured in a way so that one lock opens the whole gate. I No, no, I'm trying to understand that. So I'm picturing burlap sack with what, different compartments in it? So I can put multiple packages inside of the same one. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, you could do three. Dude, here's another thing. You know what's a pain in the ass? When I have to sign for something, man, can I just like leave the signature on the bag, let's say, <laughs> and now Amazon knows, all right, I'm going to drop this off in the like security bag. So now I don't have to worry about a signature as much. Reduce that whole cost that happens in the logistics system. You know? Because the point of the signature is you accepting like yes, I got it, yes, it's not damaged and all that. So you're saying if you had this as an extra level of guarantee, you would feel less like you needed one. Right. It's both for the shipper and for the receiver because it's an inconvenience for everybody, right? Including mm -hmm. the logistics person, right? It's like, all right, the signature part's the worst part for everybody. I have to be home all day to wait for this damn package. Uh, with box sack, uh, you <laughs> don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Package sack. Package, Package sack. sack. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, get the branding for this down before this episode airs. Pack sack. Get Pack sack. Brand, yeah. <laughs> What's stopping me from this? From from me making this? It's such an easy path to market, too. Right. It's just Amazon theft. Every ring video about a package thief. You're just like, oh, get the box sack. I love that word now. <laughs> it's gonna catch on. Wonder how much every year. Amazon loses in having to ship things twice, <laughs> package theft. If you can get the costs for your whole project just below that, right? That's that's your target price. Oh, yeah. If you can manufacture them for cheaper than what it costs them, then they're coming out ahead and you've got a pitch. Yep, <laughs> stupid easy. I just got to find it on AliExpress. My question is, 
Would you would you tie a cable to it with a giant retracting motor and then allow enough slack so that someone can steal it, run halfway across your yard, lock that sucker down, and suck it right back to the house? Hell yeah. That's great. Big old steel cable. I don't even think you need the retracting motor. I just want to see them run away with it. Or like a bungee cable, but something thick. <laughs> they kind of get snapped back. That's fun. Get to the end of the rope and fall down. <laughs> Pack sack snap. I think it needs a rebrand if it's got some sort of like prank element to it. That's great. That's the add-on. That's the add-on. <laughs> I think I would have more fun watching people get the thing yanked out of their hands and watching their reaction <laughs> than I would the glitter bomb. That's fun. You know, it made me think too, like maybe you get rid of the whole sack component and it's just the Amazon delivery driver just stabs a pencil or like the locking mechanism, not pencil, a lock into the box, right? <laughs> I know this is... <laughs> crazy but like making it easier right because a package driver is like all right i'm here like punch card it clicks in it doesn't it's hard to retract out like those drywall screws you know i've just pictured my new 70 inch television with a stab going right (laughs) through the middle of it when i open it yeah you have steel cable to some sort of lock that can be detached on the end and on the end is like a vh a very high bonds you know 3m sticky thing where it kind of adheres to the box you just throw the box away with the reusable pad or the disposable pad and you've got you know way cheaper version tether a tether yeah yes that you have a key for then then you could have the tether run over up the side of the house to a giant barrel full of building bricks (laughs) and when the tether gets to the end it releases the trigger on the barrel full of building bricks That falls down two stories to the ground and pulls that thing right back out of that guy's hand. Is this a Roadrunner skit? Like, uh... What if when the delivery driver drops off your package, it triggers the tether to suck the package up to the second floor of your house? That's fun. Your package is like bear bagged up at the second floor of your house. Hoisted. And no one's going to steal it. The bear can't take the goods, man. You just pull in all your deliveries in the second story window. That's wonderful. And you can have a bunch of barrels of hot oil to pour on your enemies. (laughs) Just murder holes on the side of your house. Dude, tie it to a piano and you got a full Looney Tunes sketch. Like... (laughs) (laughs) just a little legal disclaimer i'm not advocating at all for anyone setting any booby traps it's not a trap until someone gets hurt that's what the law says i'm sure all righty scotty b let's see what you got this week all right in usual fashion i have a well i started with a half-baked idea and then I typed, put it into chat GPT and it finished it for me, which I was like, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> so Excellent. every year I go uh, to a fish camp out in the middle of nowhere, Quebec. And it's just with a bunch of old guys who have been doing this for decades. And all of these guys are absolutely convinced that in these dozens of huge lakes we go to, there are only like three spots that you can catch fish. What I want to do is come up with a data-driven way to determine where optimum fishing spots are instead of just some old guy's gut feeling because he caught a fish there in the 70s. So (laughs) this gets a little more elaborate than my past ideas. But what I'm thinking is that you take whatever kind of fish you were trying to catch. In our case, it was bass. And I'm going to release 100 bass into a couple of these lakes. 
And then I'm going to track the position of each of these bass and see where they go, where they hang out, what they're doing during certain times of day, what they're doing at different barometer readings, and just get a heat map of the lake doing that. So I can come back and be like, this is the actual spot where we should be fishing, not this spot just because you saw a log there once. So that's where I got stuck. Like, this is great in concept. How the hell do you execute this? Like, you can't put little gps tags on fish i just couldn't think of a good way to triangulate them so i put all this idea into chat gpt and it instantly came up with use a little sonar tablet i'm like what the hell is that and apparently it's a little thing that researchers use where it'll just constantly emit like every five ten seconds a ping like a submarine and i put a different one in for each fish at a different frequency and then at the same time i put little receivers at different points around the lake at least three maybe four and from these, each of these fish are emitting these little sonar pings. As long as I have the data from all four collection stations, I can tell exactly where each fish is at any point. So this is kind of where it gets crazy. Let's just, I don't know, do this to a couple of different lakes in different areas, create these heat maps and figure out the types of spot that fish actually want to go to. And then that's kind of where I got lost. Do we, yeah, sell the data? Or if there's one particular lake, we will offer a service that you can come in and map the lake of whatever kind of fish you want. It is a huge technological <laughs> challenge, but my God, it sounds so much fun. How much data do you need, I guess, is the real question. Like a week? Yeah, a week or two's worth should be plenty at this point. These fish aren't just going to sit in one spot because they're going to get eaten by something bigger than them. They're going to actually go to where they want to go. What are the receivers like? Like, do you have to have like a lot of receivers? I don't think you would need that many just to triangulate something. I mean, you need at least three, but if you have a weird corner or shape of the lake where it bends around like an oxbow, you'd probably need one at the end of each of those. Okay, if I were to do this MVP style, I would literally just throw a bunch of bobbers on a bunch of those fish, <laughs> and you'd literally just watch the bobbers. And <laughs> you just look around the lake for the, the glowing orange bobbers. Yep, or glow in the dark. Who needs hardware? <laughs> I got bobbers and a glow stick, so we're just going to follow them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, a lot of glow sticks landed over there, you know, or all the bobbers, right? You just like drive around the lake afterwards. And you're like, where did all these bobbers land? You know, you can have them dissolve. Okay. <laughs> Keep it eco-friendly. Have the, have the hook in the fish dissolve after a certain amount of time. And then, and then it's super low cost. Scott. <laughs> you, you solved your problem. No, I want the complex <laughs> hardware solution. Uh, I mean, it doesn't work if there's like, current <laughs> fish's arch nemesis current <laughs> current oh, there's so thanks. many factors and every single person i fish with believe they are the most superstitious bunch about every little thing affects every possible way to catch fish oh so it's just a bunch of hoopla it's astrology it's, it's, I, it's essentially astrology in a aluminum small boat have you guys heard of sosis no no So, like, during the Cold War, the U.S. wired the entire North Atlantic for sound. So, there's this microphone array to listen for Soviet submarines. So, what if you did something that had, like, three or 50 sonar buoys all across various lakes that then sent out a ping and then mapped where the fish were on any particular day at any particular time, and then mapped them on a web page that then said depth, water temperature, and where they're congregating. Whoa, that's great. 
you just drop a few mics around in the various spots of your little lake there. One of the arguments that we've had up there is we struggled with fish finders before. I thought it was really cool, actually. It's like a floating fish finder, and you cast it into the middle of the lake, and it maps out the bottom of the lake, and in theory also acts as a fish finder. It did not work at all on these lakes that we were on. There was just too many weeds and logs, and it was saying there was fish everywhere, and when you can just clearly see that there's nothing. I think that would work really well on a larger lake. I don't know about these smaller Quebecian ones. There's got to be some way to detect movement then, right? Like vibrations of the water? Is LiDAR? Isn't that light? LiDAR is light. Dude, they're on Roomba vacuums. They clean my house. Can't they find some fish? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to go to the lake and drop a Roomba in and hope it maps it real quick before it sinks. I mean, it's halfway there. Just waterproof a Roomba. There you go. You could just see a fishing, a guy out trawling for fish somewhere on some lake with like 50 Roombas going around him in circles. <laughs> Doesn't iRobot, <laughs> the company that makes Roombas has a like a pool cleaning one. We're like 88% of the way there. Tells you where the fish are and cleans the bottom. Scott, there you go. Here's a fish researchers. Buy this up, dude. You got multi markets here. I want to track fish behavior. Uh, use our LiDAR or sorry, whatever it is. Yeah. Roombas. What? <laughs> what if the Roomba was shaped like the fish you're trying to hunt? Then it could swim with the fishes. The fish mole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then it goes, it just swims around until it identifies, hey, there's what I am. <laughs> and then it follows that fish at speed, at de- at depth. And then just lives with that fish until it finds more. And then it says, oh, my gosh, there's a bunch of us. And then it sends up a little bobber up to the top and then calls the fisherman there and says, yo, yo, over here. This is where you want to drop your hook. This is fish Terminator. Like you send a Terminator and then Skynet, which is humans, come and attack all the fish. Hello, fellow fish. Where are we congregating today? (laughs) The fish mole. The fishbowl. Okay, okay, what about this? Could you... I don't know, if fish congregate in certain spots, they gotta be pooping the whole time, (laughs) right? Can't you just find the piles of fish poop in the bottom of the lake and just be like, oh, a lot of poop here. And somehow track it that way? I I didn't think I'd be Googling, does fish poop float today? It doesn't, it dissolves. Haven't you ever watched them at the dentist? (laughs) (laughs) know exactly what you're talking about carl i think everybody else knows yep. the long trail <laughs> that just it's the longest dingleberry yep. of yeah. all time for a fish but then it just the end of it just kind of dissipates so what if you feed a bunch of fish like a, a tracker like poop track <laughs> i was gonna say maybe maybe you could sense the difference of the poo water and like map it like sample it as as you go in like a grid pattern and sample the water looking for the high concentration yes. water of poo water. Yeah, like you build up too much ammonia in an aquarium, so that's why you have to switch it out. You probably could have some sort of detection. You know, it's it's just like those people that hunted for COVID in the wastewater streams. Oh. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe. That's what you need to do. You give the fish a virus, and then you can look for it in the lake. (laughs) And where it's concentrated, you know that's where the virus is. So I got to catch all the fish first. (laughs) Or you could make 
What if you could make the poop float all of a sudden? Okay. <laughs> okay. Hear me out. Now, now all the fish poop that floats to the top. You're like, found the fish. It smells like fish shit. Like, I like this. <laughs> yeah. You need a bait that changes their diet to be more fatty. So it floats up. There it is. Some Chipotle or something and just sprinkle it in. Throw some lighting yeah. element in there, you know, yeah. so you throw the nightlight on. Fish shit floaters. Find. <laughs> that's that's and that's what i want to eat too is a fish that you've given a a, a different diet so that it's poo floats i'm sure that hasn't tainted the meat at all does that count as a gmo (laughs) does that count as gmo and what's great about it is you don't even have to catch any fish scott you just dump the you just fill the lake with all this like pig slop (laughs) floating fish food pig slop right (laughs) with flora like what are those luminofluorescent? Do you know what I'm talking about? Bioluminescent. That is so fascinating. Could you create a heat map of a lake that, like, you could see at night? Maybe something that emits some ultraviolet or IR thing, <laughs> and just feed the fish <laughs> and feed it to the fish and make a heat map of where they're at. What if you fed the fish tritium dust? Does tritium come in dust form? Well, I mean, I mean, you can get it in a hard form. I mean, it, it it's. I assume that you could dust Didn't it because I mean they they use it for like gun sights, lasts for like twenty years. So yeah, I mean, yeah. why couldn't you grind it up and feed it to the fishes? What's tritium? It's a radioactive isotope that glows in the dark by itself for like ten years. <laughs> oh, so it goes away in ten years? No, not really. It, it hangs around for about a hundred. We're just gonna chum the water with it. Oh, I think I would rather eat fish that was eating pork than fish that was eating tritium. Have you had tritium fish, though, Leo? <laughs> That's true. I shouldn't knock it till I try it. I'll do anything once, right? <laughs> That's right. And and that you would do once. <laughs> All right, Leo. What do you got? Okay. So, we missed out on the era of CB radio and its popularity. I think it's peaked. It's come and gone. It still has a niche with some truck drivers, but it isn't popular, and I want to bring it back. So what would a CB radio in the year of our Lord 2023 even look like? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) I think we should have a on-off switch in every cabin of every car that can either be retrofit or built in Always on microphone. You're not clicking on and off. This is just a conversational chat room that you have that is ambiently with every other car in your near proximity, say a few car lengths, maybe even a little more. I don't know, a few hundred feet that uh, you are always hearing what they're doing. They're always hearing what you're doing. You just can have a conversation and choose to participate or not. But someone cuts you off. Yell into the ether. See if they have their radio on. You want to thank someone for letting you merge? Just yell. Maybe they'll have theirs on and you can say thanks. I feel like it's hard to communicate with other cars. You do the wave. You do the like honk briefly to say I'm mad at what you did. But there's got to be a better way to communicate, right? And CB Radio built a whole culture around itself of like slang and interesting cultural things that have been lost to time. The way that memes travel, you know, I feel like this could happen IRL where you have like local slang, you have ongoing something to do other than listen to podcasts and be by yourself. Uh, Ham radio tries to be this a little bit, but it's too niche. 
I think that it's got to be something that's easy to ex- access and CB would be it, right? You just have those existing frequencies. Don't worry about clicking on and off and fumbling with stuff. Just build it in. Either I'm participating or I'm listening to the radio. That's dope. I, I think like when a traffic accident happens or like when you're stuck in traffic, like everybody's like, what happened? What happened? You know, and you can literally because the distance thing, like I bet you could walk eat like a game of telephone. Sure. What's going on? Guy 10 cars ahead of me oh, said yeah. this. Pass it on. Totally. I think it would get people off their phones more, too. Oh, true. People are fumbling with ways or whatever, trying to figure out what's going on with this traffic accident. Oh, the cop detection would be amazing. <laughs> right. Cop ahead. Yeah. Dude, and truckers would love it. Truckers would be using it like if they're using it already. I feel like that's their jam, right? You're just talking. Well, maybe that's also partly the problem is you're talking to truckers <laughs> half the time. I don't know. Thank you, truckers, for listening. But <laughs> If you're listening to this right now and you're in your car, isn't there some car that you've seen in the last few minutes that you think, like, that must be an interesting person? What a weird vanity plate. Why do they have a sticker on their window for the whatever flag? Wouldn't it be fun to just, like, have those fleeting moments? I don't know. There's always the the bad egg who has road rage problems, but I feel like it'd be I, fun to, like... You can just, like, turn them off, though. And be yeah. like, some guy's yelling, you'd be like, I don't need to listen to you right now. And then it's just back to old school road rage. <laughs> if it's, yeah, you could turn yours off. Or if it's a digital thing, we could have a block system where everyone's on a slightly Ooh. different thing. Yeah, you just say, you know what, that one car. You've got your list of seven license plates that are all around you right now. And you tap on one or something to just take them off. Oh, we could have rating systems cool. for different ones. You, <laughs> thanks for letting me in. Five out of five. That was a poor merge. Three out of five. But you know, it's funny, Leo, I've thought about I've as I've sat in traffic, like how I would communicate with people. And I was like, maybe you put but these are ideas that suck, like an LED strip in the back of your car that gives thumbs up or thank you or whatever. Or That exists. Yeah, it does. Someone has a little like circle LED that makes smiley faces or frowny faces and that you can press. But it's not the same. Right. It's one direction. A little cringy. Yeah. yeah. OK. Another thing, too, I think this is actually crazy but don't cars only need to, like self-driving cars would communicate to each other yeah. right like that's a thing could you use that to like have cars talk to each like have cars talk to each other in yeah prevent accidents yeah that's part of the plan yeah that they're able to communicate state of light up ahead and plan their speed accordingly and if you get self-driving cars down to the millisecond you don't have to have stoplights at all because they can thread in between each other dude also this would make an amazing rom-com movie (laughs) you just are like always on the highway lady on the radio you know (laughs) i leave work every day and we just always hit it off (laughs) we always beat up around exit 40 and (laughs) do you have like codes like you have like that that's a whole culture right like you have your own call signs and stuff in ham radio. Yeah. Uh, CB people would make their own like slang names for each other, but that was just anyone could have one for any reason. Ham radio. You have to like take a test for and get licensed and get a call sign and all that. Oh, so what's the, what's CB radio? It's just like, it's, it's a walkie talkie for a couple of different channels for anyone who's got a truck. Like it's, I don't think you need a license. I'm pretty sure on that. No, I don't think you do. Yeah, no, you don't need a license. We, sh- we should all get CBs in our cars. That way we can talk to each other around town. That'd be fun. I'd love that. Oh, that'd be awesome. So is that like what all walkie-talkies use? So like Scott has like a walkie-talkie, right? Like that's all CB radio? Totally different, yeah. All right, how do you... Yeah, so we got to make a rom-com movie in order for this to catch on because I feel like it's just like... It's the adoption of it, right? Because this already exists. Just everybody go buy a walkie-talkie, 
right? And sure. sit on channel eight and that's it. That's the, or the walkie talkies pre-built, right? How do you, I think it'd just be like a device you press in your car. I'm almost picturing like it's integrated into Android Auto or something where it's just, hey, it's just another app I can select on here and here's who's close to me. And like Leo said, I could block this guy or mute this guy or say, hey, I'm op- I'm free to talk right now. There's something charming about it being an actual radio signal coming and going, but really this could be modernized over the internet and you have like, you know, I define my range. I want to hear the chatter all over the region versus just in my local area. You could do it over an app, but then you just have to have good constant cell phone service, which is yeah. tricky. I, I like, I really like it where it's local to your car. Just like I got a hundred yards yeah. in every direction. CB radio goes five miles. Dude, this is like Omegle, but in your car. Yeah. Seriously though. Chat roulette. Yeah. Car roulette. The, the application for this would be really easy in my new pickup. What's that? Because it's, it's connected to the internet, and you can just download apps. So you could just put a new audio app in the truck and download it right to the, to the touchscreen in the pickup, and it would know its GPS coordinates and have access to the microphone and speakers and be ready to roll. How soon until people start advertising across it? Day one. Dude. Unskippable 30-second ads before you can start your car. Well, I was just thinking of some guy who's just blasting. Like, it's the oh. next level of bumper sticker advertising. Right. The abuse vector is pretty high if everyone's got one of these to start blaring their uh, Rickroll at maximum dB. Yeah. <laughs> on overpasses, too, you just hang your radio on, on repeat. Just like... Yeah. That's why this blocking feature is kind of a necessity, I think. I could see it being very useful during an election year. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Ham Radio has uh, a bad rep for being old crotchety guys um, vent for political opinions or what their radio sounds like or the weather. <laughs> Three things. <laughs> So we have to figure out culturally how we make this something that's enjoyable. I would very much enjoy that if I had that in my car, especially on long trips. Dude, this would be, okay, like this could be like a geocaching thing, I'm wondering. Like, okay, kind of like you go around town and you listen to audio messages, kind of like how you go find geocaches. I don't know, you could play on that a little bit, so. Gamify it. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, oh, I'm going to leave a, well, I don't know if that's possible. I'm sure there's a way to do it where you have little devices that repeat a message and turn it into a feature, right? Turn the turn the spam into the, the culture itself. Like numbers stations. Have you heard of those? No. No. Oh, Scott, you'd like this especially. There's this is a thing you know about, right, Carl? The number oh, yeah. stations, the radio. There's there's radio frequencies that people have observed saying random numbers at consistent times throughout days, weeks, months, and they assume that it's for spies who are abroad to listen into to know that their orders are. But you, there's all over the East Coast especially, you can tune your radio to certain frequencies and just hear these mysterious numbers that nobody knows where they're coming from. <laughs> what? That's terrifying. Yeah, that's a good Wikipedia rabbit hole for you listeners if you want to take an afternoon and just sort of check starting at number stations and ending up, you know, somewhere in the Cold War listening to Carl's underwater sonar system. <laughs> is it a person talking into the microphone or is it like robot? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So- 12, 7, 
88. Three. Yeah. What? Whoa. I don't, I don't yeah. like that that's a thing. I don't <laughs> like knowing that. I don't know if there's still a thing. It'd probably be pretty easy for someone to track them down in this year, but uh, they were a thing for many decades. Use the triangulating fish finder. You could find them no problem. There you go. <laughs> Wait, you can't find people, right? You can't, no, like, yeah, there's no way to track, like, the signal. A sport in amateur radio is called foxhole hunting. And some Saturday, some guy will go find, like, a Denny's or sit in his car in the middle of nowhere. And every pre-agreed upon interval, so I will broadcast for 30 seconds every 10 minutes and people, it's the first to find him wins. And it's practice so that if somebody is being abusive and the FCC wants to take a tower down or whatever, they can find them. But yeah, you basically have directional antennas. Oh. So you're doing the like, <laughs> trying to figure out where it's coming like from. Like a stick you know? when you're finding water, yeah. right? It's like, pulls you. <laughs> it's like a compass kind of, but a compass that you can only look at for a few seconds every couple minutes. And so you try to figure out where they so, are, you know. So, yes, you can track them, but kind of on a two-dimensional plane. Why do you ask? I was just curious. Uh, yeah. Because I want to find these number of people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carl, what do you have for us this week? All right. So not this past summer, but the previous summer, my wife and I decided to plan an orchard. So we bought two apple trees and two peach trees. The apple trees, not doing so hot, but they're still alive. They're still green. One died, but we replaced it, and it's kind of limping along. But the peach trees have been just booming. So the first year we put the peach trees in, we got a whole bunch of peaches growing on them, looked great, and then within like middle of August, within like one day, all the peaches were gone on bow trees the first year. And it was like we couldn't figure out where'd all these peaches go. So then this year... We had like a bumper crop. Like I'm talking between the two three two trees, we had like 300 peaches gone. What? It, two weeks, August, like one day they were just gone off the trees. So there's some type of animal that's eating the peaches, and we're pretty sure it's like a squirrel or a bird or who knows what. So that's been very frustrating. So we're like, let's let's do some bird nets and I or some like bird nets, and I bought like an eagle and I bought an owl. And I'm like getting irritated and I'm trying to figure out what to do with my with my garden. Additionally, the apple trees aren't getting the right type of water or enough watering or the right water timing. So we've had this water issue. So I was thinking that I like artillery cannons. <laughs> like those things are awesome. <laughs> like they're sweet. They shoot things like this is awesome. So I thought, what could I combine to take care of my watering issue and my animal issue at the same time. And so I thought, what if I made a multi-axis laminar flow water cannon that could shoot water in a pattern wherever I needed it? And I'd be able to like set up auxiliary cameras around my garden that when it sensed movement of like a squirrel, it would call in an artillery strike from my automated water cannon to blast the squirrel. Hell yeah. And then it would also like 
during the day when it's just sitting there, it'd say, oh yeah, we need to, we need to distribute like four and a half gallons to this tree area and four and a half gallons to this tree. And so it would sit there and just, you know, rapid fire, you know, right. Carpet bomb, carpet bomb, this tree. And then that tree. And then it would carpet bomb my corn rows. And then it would carpet bomb my raspberry bush and my blueberry bush and in those specific areas. So I'm not wasting all that water on grass that no one cares about. I'm putting it on the plant where I need it. But then also pestering the animals that come, not killing them, not harming them. Just anytime an animal shows up, I'm just calling in an artillery strike to just barrage that sucker with water. And I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, a laminar flow cannon that shoots water at high pressure over a long distance might even be able to be like set up in the middle of my backyard and water my entire lawn. So it sits there and just runs, you know, 24 seven or eight hours a day or whatever it is. But it's also on guard for my garden. This rules. Dogs are going to love this. Pete is going to love this. I'm not hurting the animals. (laughs) That's right. You're watering them. So growing up, we had hostas all along our house, like a huge row of them, unfathomable amount of hostas. And without fail, deer would come in in the season and eat them. And my dad tried sound devices. My dad tried all kinds of stuff until finally we had a motion detecting sprinkler. Whoa. And it was an instant fix. Squirrels would get in or a deer, excuse me, would get near it. It would just tick, 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 and then be done. And they wouldn't go anywhere near it. Not even afraid. They were just afraid of the sound and the movement, not even like getting blasted. Maybe they got hit a little bit or something, but there were perfect circles of protection. And right outside the range of where this thing would trigger, they would be all eaten, right? Whoa. It's, it's exactly what you're talking about, but not automated. I love this. It's I can tell you from experience that it would work mm-hmm. beautifully. <laughs> I just want to feed 10,000 pictures of a of squirrels and rabbits into a AI bot and have it a camera system with a triple axis be able to recognize them and pinpoint the exact XYZ of this guy with a camera. Mm-hmm. With a camera. So you can watch the fun. Of course. And record it and make a highlight reel. Nice. Maybe you have like one camera mounted on the artillery piece that's like zone control and like because you're going to have the hose run to this thing. You're going to have probably a high-pressure pump. You're probably going to have a little bit of power. So it's, it's going to be a pretty fixed unit in my, in my brain. You know, you might need a camera in a different position to, like, look from a different angle that then also coordinates and triangulates. So then you'd need some calibrating shots to call in, like, okay, we're going to coordinate where this is, and then it can fire for effect, bring, it up, bring a water artillery round in, and land it right where they need it be the kids summer fun yeah put it on fun sprinkler mode Whoa. and it's like raining yeah. in little spots and stuff you make games out of it teach it to target small children this will be perfect that would be so fun this would actually be a lot of fun growing up that is i think that's the bigger market carl <laughs> screw all that stuff like you turn this into like uh this is an adult automated super soaker turret right oh it could have all the modes. It could have a child play mode where it goes out and just goes crazy. It could have regular sprinkler mode where it runs around and just does the, you know, and, and sprays in a big giant arc on the grass. Or it could have, you know, precision strike mode. Don't you dare eat my rose bushes. 
<laughs> or a joystick mode that you're manually controlling for fun. Oh, absolutely. So you cool. could have like a video game controller and some POV goggles yes. with a targeting patch on it. And you could sit there and intercept it and shoot the squirrels oh, if yeah. you wanted to with water, of course. <laughs> I'm only talking about water. Yeah, that's but, amazing. You know, it would be so much fun. And then if if a precision strike is called in, you could have it automatically save the clips and then automatically snip the video so that you have the replay reel so that you can enjoy it and upload it to YouTube. Yes, yes, yes. Dude, Super Soaker is going to... If you, like, turn this into Super Soaker toy, boom. Like, do the, do the laminar flow thing, right, for, you know, the other market, but... You sell this kind of this game concept as Super Soaker, boom! You got a market. <laughs> oh no, I'm picturing like a target or something on it, and kids got to sneak up on this turret and try to hit the target with their own water in order to shut it down or something long enough for them to I don't know capture the flag or whatnot. You just got to get past this thing. A capture the flag mode on it would be pretty sweet. It's like spy mode, right? Like I'm a secret agent trying to capture the flag. There's nothing crazy about this, too. Like, all the technology for this is there. It's just putting it together. Mm -hmm. That's why I picked that as my idea. Like, what's the the MVP, right? So, like, I can't... Is it hard to do these, like, giant-ass pumps? Do you have to, like, have a big pump to, like, shoot water that hard and fast? That's a great question. How hard is it to lob a artillery (laughs) amount of water across a yard? Water's pretty heavy. Well... I looked into that, and, and the trick is really to get the laminar flow, because then you can send a packet. But you're limited by the surface tension of the water, because as the velocity goes up and you get this packet of water going, if it's bigger than a regular rain droplet, which rain droplets are the size rain droplets are because of some actual physics constraints. And so what will happen is, is if you send something, say, the size of your thumb, it will dissipate into at a certain velocity – And with not enough surface tension, it will separate and disintegrate into, you know, the corresponding drops that would be a droplet size. And so then your targeting accuracy starts to go down and your velocity starts to go down because you have more drag. And then you have a larger amount of droplets that are going to dissipate from your normal Sure. you know, grouping. And so that's, that's kind of an important so it's a shotgun. Yeah. Is what you're so then it ends up being a shotgun. Could we have some variation of this that self fills biodegradable water balloons and just lobs them across the yard. You won't have to deal with that. And he's just, there is your artillery strike is water balloons coming from seemingly nowhere from the sky. A trebuchet. Essentially a automated trebuchet. Oh, that's great. I just want to build that. Biodegradable. Is it? Yeah. You're right, though. It's all physics if you know the exact weight of the projectile. What if you didn't care so much about precision accuracy and you did the trebuchet, but just it's like a five-gallon bucket's worth of water that gets lobbed? Would you get the like <laughs> enough of a spray, you know? Well, you don't want to knock the peaches off the tree. All right. <laughs> that's true. You know, that was that's the original goal here. <laughs> or snap a bird's neck, you yeah. know? You can use it to harvest the peaches. It'll be great. What about the <laughs> angle? What if you just had a high arc? Like, literally create rain on your lawn, though. What if you did the five-gallon bucket, but you lob it so high in the air, the spray, right, just covers the whole lawn. Bucket after bucket after bucket. (laughs) I don't know how long that's going to take, but... The laminar flow thing is great. Yeah. I don't know. I like that idea. Hmm. I like making rain on my lawn through one trebuchet. I've never imagined Hmm. laminar flow that has a brief on-off, like... 
The only time I've ever seen laminar flow is when it looks like a solid pillar because it's constant, but I've never seen intermittent laminar flow. Well, I guess there's like jumping fountains that sometimes look kind of cool where they've got the splash pad. Yeah. Downtown Holland. They're always a little like disturbed, though. I've You know, those really precise videos (laughs) of of, of jumping fountains that are like the splash pads where they're, um, you know, like intermittently on off, on off, on off. You could get something really cool going there when you scale it up. That would be cool. That sounds like a fun and very hard to pull off hardware project. <laughs> very cool. Dude, you, yeah, you could sell add-ons like additional barrels. You could do like, I have a quad barrel uh, <laughs> sprinkler. <laughs> it's really, it would be sweet if it was a quad barrel, and then and then the barrels kind of came back and forth like one of those uh, bofers that they had in World War II. <laughs> Anti-aircraft gun. <laughs> I was picturing four barrels, but they're all along the roof in different spots, so you have this sort of raining terror of different Ooh. angles and stuff of various blobs of water from all sides overwhelming the enemy. <laughs> enemy yeah. squirrels. Maybe that's how you make the valves work. You you move the barrels and slide them in and out. So it's like the bofers, but the sliding in and out is where it takes a new slug of water and, and admits it into the barrel. <laughs> a slug of water is excellent. <laughs> Shoot a water slug with a compressed air backup and just... <laughs> all day, all night. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off the artillery, honey. <laughs> it's hard to do that quiet, I bet. Air compressor running all night. Yes. <laughs> it's just knob in the backyard for these poor squirrels. You could design it like a minigun, you know, like a Gatling gun, like oh one of the... Oh, my God. <laughs> Spins? Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> okay, like, super. why isn't Super Soaker, like, all over this stuff? Like, we need adult water guns or water turret systems like this Mm -hmm. is our generation growing up we need like this version in our lives my roommate in college modified a nerf gun to where it was like really painful levels of speed it would leave welts they need that scene but for super circuit that probably exists right where you have like stainless Mm -hmm. steel canisters instead of plastic shit have you seen the uh the phalanx gun that they put on uh, U.S. warships that intercept missiles that are inbound towards a, a U.S. warship. Yeah, and it's those are that's seventy-five rounds a second. Something like that with with water. That's what I want in my backyard for the squirrels. That sounds fun. <laughs> Identify target, aim, targeting solution, and then just <laughs> and squirrels not eating my peaches. <laughs> incredible well thank you very much for listening we hope you enjoyed yourself and thank you carl for your (laughs) wonderful contributions to this show we are very excited to have you back sometime soon sound good sounds good you're welcome thanks for having me wonderful our website is spitball.show please email us if you have ideas of your own things that this spurred in you feedback comments we'd love to hear from you it's podcast at spitball.show and that's also how you can follow us on the Fediverse, such as Mastodon, if you just put in podcast at spitball.show. And our subreddit is r slash spitballshow. Our intro-outro music is Swingers by Bonkers Beat Club. Please, if you wouldn't mind, you're listening on a podcast app, pull over, 
take your phone out of your pocket, whatever you're doing, leave us a five-star review, hit that ad or subscribe button next to our name. And wherever you have this show, please give us a rating and help other people find it. A new episode is coming out soon. We will see you then. Thank you.